Okay. All right, let's get a couple of minutes here regarding evictions still remaining below pre-pandemic levels. This is about, what, 13 months after New York's eviction ban lapsed. Some state lawmakers, though, want to bring a moratorium back here to discuss. Is New York-based Alt Grouspia Atterbridge, the founder of New York City-based law firm uh, Atterbridge Law, and, of course, uh, all dealing out with the representation, consulting, and that with landlords and tenants. Nice enough to give us a couple of minutes. Great to have you here. This is a big thing because when you think about it, uh, legislation was introduced, I believe, last month, which would forbid uh, sheriffs, marshals from executing eviction warrants up until, what, April 15th, I think it is. Uh, And it will also boost the fines. Let's talk about that. Uh, how much to fruition is this to come about if uh, lawmakers get their way here? Uh, hey, Jay, thank you for having me again. So um, it very much could pass. I mean, there are laws in 2019. A lot of us in the LNT world, the lieutenant world, did not believe that the HSTPA would pass and really overhaul lieutenant laws, and it did. And we were in shock for months, and then we... We accommodated to it and had to learn everything over, right? So uh, we have been shocked in the past. We were shocked by Sandy in terms of how the L&T world dealt with it, right? Um, we've been shocked in the past, so this could very well pass. Uh, what I'll say as well is um, there would be a six-month moratorium on eviction during the cold winter months, quote-unquote. Um, however, I would say that there are non-legislative um, moratoria that are already happening, right? So I would say in December, right through beginning of January, there is an unspoken evic- um, a moratorium on eviction, even though it's not written. So some of these um, some of these four months are already accounting for in terms of evictions where marshals will not evict during the holiday season. So um, this really would be about three months as opposed to four months because of the unspoken December moratorium that that is already in place. So boost fines, right? Fivefold for for any landlord who tries uh, to illegally evict uh, a tenant. It could be through harassment. Plenty of that going on, or even that of lockout during that period. Now I understand the max penalty is going to jump here too, it's and the minimum. Yeah. So. What I'll say is, in my 15 years of practice, I have, I've seen landlords, we've obtained fines against landlords, and we've been on the receipt of fines as a representative of the landlord in court. I'll, I'll tell you that the fines, uh, fines are where, right? Um, I'm not even going to say where, but it's um, very much not a common thing in court. So while it's written in, in the legislation, uh, I would say judges are, um, for a tenant to actually get fines, right? Um, is, is a tall order in court. The courts are very much into getting the issues resolved, i.e. if you're locked out, get you back in. If you're being harassed, let's stop the harassment. But the courts are very much backlogged in trying to deal with substantive issues and remedying the problem. I think that fines become an extra, like icing on the cake, right, which uh, most, I would say, most judges don't have the time to deal with dealing with while dealing with other tenants whose roofs are collapsing, ceilings are collapsing, right? People are getting hurt in their apartment. So I would say that while fines are on paper, you would have to be a very, very bad landlord to have, you know, to have fines um, imposed on you. 
furthermore, the fines do not go to the tenant, so there's less of an incentive for the tenant to pursue it with their counsel because it, it doesn't go to the tenant, it goes to the city, right? So when I tell my clients this, they usually say, forget it, because what is it going to do for me? So I went out to Grassy Pierre Atterbridge. Let me just just take the side of the landlord for a second, because I think it's important to kind of note this. Um, you know, you look at landlords in general, uh, I look at a couple of things. You know, they could see this bill as one of those get-out-of-free-rent-card deals, which could be good for half a year, who knows. But, you know, all during the pandemic eviction moratorium, which lasts, what, a couple of years almost, that helped tenants who lost work, couldn't make it the rent. It incentivized non-payment. You know, if you remember, including those of means who and those looking to kind of game the system. I mean, there are a lot of landlords who claimed uh, that the tenants abused the system. You know, the protections uh, to not pay the rent despite holding down jobs, getting a lot of dollars and stimulus money from the government. How about that aspect? Just to kind of go on the other side from a from a landlord's point there. Landlords are suffering, right? Landlords are suffering. There's no telling. And as as, land, as we represent landlords, they don't believe the moratorium was actually effective, right? They believe they were given um, a credit card with no money on it, right? Because uh, while they were told there's a moratorium, but you will get paid, right, from uh, from the ERAP money, uh, the ERAP money went at, um went out. They did not get uh, a lot of landlords did not get uh, paid. So um, the argument during the pandemic was, hold on, landlord, you will get paid. There's billions of dollars, right? Just apply for it and you'll get your money. Um, That did not come to fruition. So landlords feel that they were duped, right? That they were, um, that this is another, this is another okie doke, right? That, you know, at some point they will get paid, but they never, they, they kind of not, they kind of don't get paid. Right. And the view is that if you're a landlord, you're flush with money or will be flush with money. You have an asset that doesn't depreciate. Therefore, you make your money on the next tenant. Um, landlords want money now. Right. So they don't <laughs> they don't believe in any type of moratorium. And it's very hard for me to hold them down. Right. And have them hold their horses as their representative, um, because I, I too have been a landlord. Right. So I understand both sides. But uh, landlords no longer believe in the system. Listen, I I can't even fathom uh, the courts at this point in time. You know the strain, uh, the understaffed, the backlogging of of, of these housing courts. Uh, you know, if it led to more tenants not paying, uh, you know, listen, I don't even know what that's going to cause. You know, uh, final thought on that, my dear. Well, I I don't think this will pass, but I've been wrong before. I I, I think there'll be a lot of. Um push back on this and if it were to pass the distinction is not that you cannot commence a case during those months the distinction is that the marshal cannot um actually execute on the eviction notice i.e the marshal cannot lock the door during those months so your case can go forward can go forward as vigorously as it needs to go forward you just have to stop doing those months so in reality i'm not sure that it affects landlords as much as it looks like because their case can actually go forward and they can proceed to file their cases and prosecute them vigorously during that time and just wait for the marshal to execute. 
Interesting. We'll keep an eye on this. Altagrass Piatabridge, the founder and the owner of New York City based, the law firm Outerbridge Law. Tremendous practice, really focusing on folks, landlord, tenant litigation, transactional uh, matters as well. We'll keep an eye on this. Thanks, Alta, for a couple of minutes. Sure. Thank you so much. Have a good weekend. You got it.